Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is up, football fans? This is Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast here from our Flames Nation studios in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We are about 15 minutes down the road from McMahon Stadium where I just got done covering the Labor Day Classic. I am exhausted. My throat is sore. I need to drink as much water as possible before bed. Honestly, what a wild league we have. We're going to kind of get into all of it. Um, I've got Derek Dennis who who very kindly... I uh, gave up half an hour of his time to come and talk. Obviously, former most upstanding offensive lineman in the CFL, longtime Calgary Stampeder, played you know played played around the league, um, but just such a smart guy, and you know a guy who I actually think is just smarter about football than me, and smarter about a lot of things than me. So I'm absolutely thrilled to have Derek joining us. Uh, he'll be on in a couple minutes, uh, but before we get to him, we're just gonna break down the weekend's games, and we're gonna we're gonna start with. Calgary Edmonton at halftime, I think pretty much everyone, you know, it was 18, it was what, 1810. And my Twitter mentions were not a happy place. There were a lot of very upset Calgary fans. It, it sort of felt combined with Saskatchewan beating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Sunday. You know, this was a game that the Stampeders just absolutely had to to win. And, and being down at halftime, the offense did not look good, particularly in the second quarter. Um, didn't love the protection that the O-line was giving Jake Mayer. Uh, I don't, other than the interception, like like he was trying to make a play, it, it, it was clearly a little bit misguided. But, you know, the, the Stampeders didn't look good. And we've seen them not look good in that particular way with the offense just stalling and, and you know, quick two and outs and, and not finishing drives and, and all of that. We've seen that so many times. So I, I understood very much the frustration. And, you know, with the Riders at six and five, St. Peter's going to three and nine and losing today's game would have just been utterly disastrous. You know, it, it would have meant, let's be honest, that the West Division, that path to the playoffs for the St. Peter's was, was pretty much done. This is something I had Jerry Motorjong from Edmonton talking. And, and to be honest, when the Riders won on Saturday, which was such a big, impressive, huge win, I think that both of us felt. Okay, chances are the teams that we cover, if they're going to get into the playoffs, you're going to have to go through the East and, and get that crossover. And then you saw the Ticats lose big to the Argos. Ticats are currently in third place. That suddenly is a pretty a pretty reasonable possibility. But the Stamps, ultimately, there was real doom and gloom stuff um, at halftime. And then they came out, and I will say in particular, in the fourth quarter, and I get... Accused of being too easy on Jake Mayer. I was told by one person to open my eyes today. Well, my eyes are open. Three third quarter or fourth quarter touchdowns driving the team down the field. Jake Mayer's final final line read 27 of 34 for 315 yards. Yes, there was an interception in there. He ran for a touchdown. I, I think he was exceptional. I think his receivers were absolutely the best that they have been all year. Now, you know, Reggie Bagleton's been good <laughs> all season, but seeing Mark and Michelle with the ball in his hands in the open field, there were a couple of plays that there's just, there's not many people like him in, in the CFL for sure. He is so good at making defenders miss. I thought that was amazing. I think Marky Dambles, <laughs> what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it now, seven catches for 76 yards, including one late in the game where he, you know, just, just took a huge hit to make that catch. And I just think that's what Marky Dambles gives you is that physicality, that ability to bring the ball down and yeah, and then and Bagleton doing Reggie Bagleton things. Didn't have a 200-yard game, but it was it was huge. I thought that the offensive line did play a little bit better. Dave Dickinson said, look, that the Elks weren't really 
coming with everything at, later in the game. And that, that did give Jake a little more time. But either way, St. Peter's got the job done 35 31. If you were at that game, um, first of all, credit to you if you were at that game. It rained all day here in Calgary. It was cold. It was incredibly smoky. They had to cancel the, the flyover with the Jets before the game. It was that smoky. If you came out, good on you, man. You're a good fan. Loved seeing you out there. There were over 26,000, almost 27,000 fans in the stands at McMahon. Biggest crowd of the year. It was just nice to see. And ultimately, look, that, that first half might not have been great, but that second half was. That was an amazing game. I'm obsessed with Trey Ford, guys. This guy is so fast. Uh, the Elks really, I, I'm really excited about what they've they've got coming at quarterback. There's been so much negativity about the Elks in recent years, but you watch that guy. There were there were plays he made that I could not believe. And I, you know, there was one where he dropped back and then dropped back again, made guys miss, found the angles, scampered for, for I honestly don't know how many yards. I know he had a 40 yard run, but you know, 135 yards on the ground, 137 through the air. Just count me as an in as a Trey Ford fan. Uh, I think he's still got a lot of of, of development to to do, and you know he's got improving to make improvements to make. But just what a, what a player, what a, what a fun guy, Canadian quarterback. You, you love to see it, and yeah, I mean I think that the Elks this this loss, for being honest, what, you know any hopes of a playoff run. I guess they can come back and and, and sort of stay in the mix with it with a win in the rematch on Saturday. But you know they're 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 probably done and dusted. But there's still been so much progress since you know that absolute rock bottom that we we felt they were at a month or so ago. And, you know, they they gave the Stamps all that they could handle. That was a tough physical game. I, I think that the Stamps, you're not necessarily walking away from this game saying, oh, we're, we're the best team in the league. But I know they were proud of the way they fought. And I think that if you're a Stamps fan, you're, you're probably pretty, pretty excited to get that one because it, it gives you a little bit of hope. And hope's been hard to come by around Calgary these days uh, if you're a football fan. So, yeah, beyond that, Lions – Alouettes, 35-425 for the Lions. What a what a big win for them. You know, I, I had been saying on this podcast that I really was starting to sort of not see them as, as a top three contender right now. And, you know, I, I sort of had them in the Alouettes bunched in that 4-5 slot. Um, no, yeah, 3-4 spot, not 4-5. With a, a clear Argos and Bombers as, as my 1-2. Um, maybe with the Bombers as 1, though not anymore. Yeah, I think the Lions went out there. Um, you know, perfection is not the point, but I, I do like Vernon Adams throwing for 300 yards. Uh, there was, yeah, there was just, look, that was a win. That's that's a game that the, the Lions, I think, really needed. I think they needed their, they needed to end the negative momentum that had sort of taken hold this season, and I think they got it done. And look, the Alouettes, you're not going to worry too much about this. You're still the second best team in the East, and that's not going to change. Um, they're a fine football team. Uh, you don't want to lose that one, but really, does that change anyone's opinion? We still know they're probably a top four or five team around the CFL. And then, yeah, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. Guys, I really got this one wrong. Like, I'm not kidding. Uh, I took it for granted that the Bombers were going to win both of these games. Um, I really thought no matter what, where the Stampeders were at, Stamps had a good chance of sweeping the Elks in their Labor Day games, and I thought for sure the Bombers were just going to lock down and do it. Um, but then, man, I've said this, the Rodgers fight, I like the way that this team fights. Now, I don't like the way they headbutt, so let's comment on that real quickly. There's nothing to say. What, what are we going to say? Like, obviously, Pete Robertson, you know, for those who didn't see it, Rough Riders D-lineman, just, he just flat-out headbutted. Zach Caleros. It was a stupid thing to do. Uh, he clearly just lost school and did it. CFL suspended him right away. They suspended him this morning uh, on Monday morning. Did not wait. Right thing to do. Dumb thing to do. I don't think we need to kick this guy out of the league. I don't think we need to treat this like this is, you know, the second coming of Garrett Marino or something like that. But, you know, very dumb thing to do. You hate to see it. Don't do that. But, yeah, beyond that, look. If you're the Riders right now, when Trevor Harris went down, people thought your season was done. You guys were cooked. Right now you're six and five. There's a, probably a better chance that the Riders catch the Lions than that the Stampeders catch the Riders, if we're being totally honest with you. Um, you know, the Lions are about eight and four, and the Stamps are three and eight. The Rough Riders are there at six and five. I think that the Riders, they've overcome adversity. Dolagala goes out there, throws for 326 yards. It's not perfect. None of it is. Perfection is not the goal. But 
you beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in a Labor Day game. I think that that matters. So right now, I think we can pretty comfortably. It would take a really epic collapse for the Riders to not make the playoffs at this point, and, and particularly in that three spot in in the West Division. I think that they they're not in. There's a lot of football left to be played, but you know they've they've overcome the odds and they've turned some heads. And you know, right now. Yes, the Stampeders have a head-to-head game with the Riders, but the thing is, like, are we watching the Stampeders and saying, like, oh, that's a team that looks like they're going to win four or five of their last six? Not necessarily. I don't know that they're going to get there. Um, and, you know, they're now what? They're four and eight. So, realistically, they get to eight wins, which I, I comfortably think the Riders, I'm not going to break out their schedule right now, but they have some winnable games on their schedule. They have games against Ottawa. They have games against Hamilton. You know, they have a game against Toronto at the end of the season that, well, Toronto's not going to be resting anyone. There's, I believe there's a bye week there. But either way, I, I think the Riders have, have done it. They they have gotten to the point where that playoff spot is theirs to lose, and I don't see them losing it. I, I'm really impressed. And, and yeah, didn't see it coming. Shout out to me for being wrong on that. You got to admit when you're wrong. Um, finally, Toronto 41, Hamilton 28. I'll be honest with you, I sort of only watched bits and pieces of this game because I was getting ready for the Stamps and Elks, and as I said, it was a really sort of crazy circumstances. There was a while where it genuinely seemed like, should this game be happening with all the smoke? I'm not sure I fully understand the CFO rules there, but, you know, it, it, the, game, the game did go on. I don't think anything bad happened there, but I, I, I sporadically watched this this argos Ticats game, uh, 41-28. You know, I already done the interview with Derek. We, we shot that sort of before we did this. And Derek just flat out said, he's like, if anyone's not taking the Argo seriously as the number one team in the league, they're crazy. They're the Grey Cup champions. They are, yeah, they're, what, eight, nine, and one? I'm not sure what the CFL standings on Google have updated. I wish they had that right. Huh? Not sure what to do about that. Either way, you know, they're, they're, they're beating everybody. And they went out there. Chad Kelly signed a new contract this week. Going to be much better paid next season. I do think that that is going to have effect, an effect on the roster construction of the Toronto Argonauts. But, you know, look, threw for 200 yards. Goulette threw for a touchdown. That was a wild play. It was like that play calling. Yeah, they, they did what they needed to do, which was handily beat their biggest rival in the Labor Day game. 41-28. I don't think there's that much to say about this. The best team in the league beat a team that is one of the worst teams in the league. Um, certainly not. I don't think any of us view the Ticats as being contenders right now. It would not surprise me if we're seeing the Argos beat somebody else in Hamilton in November in the Grey Cup. They just continue to sort of roll. And, you know, if injuries don't don't come and derail their season, I think that they're, yeah, they're going to be there at the end of the year. That's for sure. So, um, anyways, guys, I'm exhausted. I'm so grateful that Derek came on. Um, it's been a very fun week. There's a quick, quick, quick turnaround for everyone here. Um, Labor Day. This week, I always end up, and I mean, I'm not traveling for work this week, this year, so it's a little bit easier, but I always end up at the end of Labor Day just absolutely exhausted, just a shell of myself, and uh, hoping not to be that way, but yeah, next, we've got Hamilton, Ottawa. I'm not going to tell you, you absolutely need to watch that game, guys. It's okay if you skip that one, but who knows? Um, who knows? Maybe there's something there. Montreal at Toronto. I hyped up the Montreal-Toronto matchup a couple weeks ago. I, I think that you know, this is a game that sure is going to matter to the LOS. The LOS are going to want to prove that they can beat elite teams around the league. And, you know, with the playoffs only a couple months away, about two months now, less than that. Uh, yeah, I firmly believe the LOS are going to want to send a bit of a message here. So that one's fun. Sask, Winnipeg, rematch. Bombers are going to be hard to beat twice, but I'm not ruling out the Riders for all the reasons I said before. And then you have Calgary and Edmonton, which... Do any of us know? Are we going to pretend that we know what's happening with either of these two teams right now? But I had a lot of fun tonight. So, you know, looking forward to all this. This is a, another fun weekend. We're here in September. We all say, oh, the season doesn't start till Labor Day. There's a reason people say that. But the games do get fun. You know, weather gets a little cooler, at least out west. Games start mattering a little bit more. The fact that we're sitting here at Labor Day and the playoff implications of these Labor Day games are very clear for all of us to see um, that that's fun. I, I think it just kind of brings, you know, a little bit of focus and yeah. So anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We're going to get to Derek Dennis again, you know, covered Derek for a long time while he was playing with the Stampeders, one of the elite offensive linemen of the last 10 years in the CFL. 
he retired earlier this year. Uh, you'll hear it. He's sort of sad. Right call came. If someone wanted me, I'd be willing to do it. I'd be willing to consider it. Thinks he might be able to play, but, you know, are there teams around there with needing offensive linemen? Yes, every team needs offensive linemen. So, anyways, Derek, it was a really fun interview, really awesome, super smart guy. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, Mike's Pub and Fraser and Fig. And, yeah, let's let's get to Derek. Guys, let's say you're having a party. Let's say you're having a picnic. Let's say you're having any occasion. Got to talk to you about Fraser and Fig. I love these guys here in Marta Loop, a couple storefronts down from our studio here. Fraser and Fig, man, these guys do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boxes. You know, they're made with all these fresh artisanal ingredients, on-demand grazing, pickup, delivery. You got it. Just let them know what you want. They will get it to you. Honestly, I'm such a big fan. I had a picnic a little while ago. I brought one of their curated boxes and it was a huge hit. I looked great. People loved it. We're hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. These ready-to-go boxes, they got them in four sizes. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary from month to month. Choices are always new. You know, just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. I love Fraser and Fig. I love having them as a sponsor. They're the best. Make sure you check them out. Tell them by from the 55 sent you. All right, Derek Dennis, uh, it's good to have you. Man, I'm exhausted just having watched that game. Just tell me what's going through your head right after the Stampeders kind of knocked off the bombers or the man i mean yeah honestly i was it's it's to be honest man the boys almost kind of threw their playoff hopes out the window i mean it's still still a tight window and they still got a lot of work to do but if they had lost this game it was pretty much a done deal especially with sass beating the bombers uh last night i mean they're they're pretty much fighting for the crossover right now and um, Hamilton losing today is still giving them a shot. Them winning this game. You know, if they had lost this game, it would have made it pretty tough. But I think right now they're in a dogfight between Hamilton, Ottawa, and themselves. And honestly, Edmonton. Because if Edmonton wins on Saturday, there's it's still a yeah. still anybody's spot. So they're they're in the thick of it right now, as they as they told me in training camp, they're in the thick of it. So we'll, we'll see how, how it plans out for them. Yeah, I mean I don't know it's just weird like i i attended the event i know that they this is not really where they expected to be like i think that they thought that they would be be higher up but like you can't fault the effort like that's the thing no the no no not at all it's a very young team and i don't know why they didn't learn their lesson from 2021 but we know when the stamps are a young team they have trouble closing out games now it's it's Pro sports. Nobody really cares about, oh, yeah, we're right there. We're knocking on the door. We're almost there, right? Either win or you lose. That's just kind of the, the reality of the business. So um, right now, the teams that most people are accustomed to, the Stamps always winning and always being in the hunt for Grey Cups, was always a very vet- veteran-laden team, i.e. the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right? And they decided to go the route of going young and promising and potential and this is kind of what's what's coming from it, man. And when when you don't have enough guys who have been through the fire enough and been through the bullets to know different scenarios or played enough games to be able to kind of just go out there and do what they need to do to kind of make a play, right? It's one thing to draw it up and X's and O's, right? But at any point in the game, you need vets who want to go out there and get it done, right? Guys like a Sean Lemon, guys like a Florin Arumilati, a Jameer Thurman, like those are guys who – when the game's on the line, yeah, I understand it's my responsibility, but there's a play there to be made. I'm going to go make the play so we can win the game. So we've always had guys like that, and they don't really have too many of those in the locker room. So that's I think that's part of the reason why they're having the season that they're having. Yeah, I think it was Reggie. was Jeff Hamilton, who who works in Winnipeg, was here, and he kind of asked, you know, like he was asking some of the guys who had been around you know, 2016, 17, 18, and he asked them, you know, what what was the difference? And I think, I think it was Reggie. I don't want to get that wrong, but said, like, Reggie showed up on day one, and he was like, every single player sort of felt like they had a shot of playing in the NFL. Like, that was the standard. That they were, like, it was a team. It was veteran guys. They were playing for each other. But, like, the expectation was that every single player was not only the best in the league, but, like, ready and capable of playing in the NFL at any given at any given moment. I mean, honestly, man, if you if you look back at the, the rosters that, especially when I was there between 2015, 2016 to – 2018, um, even 2019, like there was a ton of guys who ended up uh, having one or two years success and then going down south. Now, obviously, the biggest one is Alex, but even Therm, Therm got a chance to go down south. 
uh, Vodders. I mean, think about it. Vodders, Vodders played. Vodders played it down there too. It's not like he was just on practice rosters. And and here's the thing that that a lot of people don't realize: guys like Mark and Michelle Vodders, Devaris Daniels, they say they sat out 2018 Grey Cup. They didn't even play, even though they was on the team, because we had other guys who were good right we had chris matthews who was everybody knows who had a good super bowl right we had um bakari grant we had you know juan breskison we had lamar durant like it was, we just had so many players it just wasn't enough spots and wasn't enough balls to go around for everybody but those guys were like we had really good teams that just yeah. even if somebody got hurt you already knew the next guy up was going to come in and just kind of keep keep the train rolling right and the craziest thing that like for me as i look back and i'm like all right you had alex and mcmanus one year, like in 2018, they both. That's what I'm saying. Whitney was a special teamer for us. I know. wasn't even a starting linebacker. Like, well, come on, man. And and Thurman. So all those guys and Nate Holly went NFL as well. Nate Holly, like, four, four yeah. linebackers in back-to-back years got NFL contracts. Like that's yeah. that that's, can't have ever happened. And I, I think I think a little bit too. Um, I think a lot of people were seeing the effect of having these spring leagues and having NFL rosters having bigger practice squads. Is that there's just not enough. Yeah. players that used to be available for scouting right where you could find a bunch of guys kind of stash them and just know you got guys in the wings waiting to play well right it's kind of really watered down now because a lot of those players who you know think about it if the usfl and xfl was around you know we may not have had three or four years of having linebackers who were good enough to kind of you know be all-stars and go on to get nfl shots right so um, I think a lot of people, what they're seeing is they're seeing effects of how tough it is to scout now, especially uh, with colleges having NILs, right? I mean, I mean, college athletes in the next five years, they're going to be taking pay cuts to be CFL players. Like, how do you sell that to a dude like who goes from making, you know, he can make 100 to 250K USD in college, and then you're telling him to come play for 80 90k you know canadian which comes out to 50 60k right that's a that's a huge pay cut to tell a guy to take right as opposed to playing in a spring league for for 10 weeks getting good film and then going right into an nfl training camp right that's just the enticing thing right so um it, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be tough for these next couple of years right if guys don't if the guys are in the building don't figure it out and don't progress properly um because it's not going to be as easy to just kind of find replacements off the street that's going to come in and play well well and i think that's a probably most true at offensive line right like I, I think that that's like one of the things that people like this i listen you know nfl teams are desperately looking for offensive linemen there just aren't that many guys your size who are that athletic who can play at the professional level so like that's where man just recruiting these left tackles and these right tackles like th- those guys have options now and there aren't many of them out there to begin with so i don't yeah, know and I many think that, like if i look at and, and i've maintained i've said this so many times like i think jake mayer has come in like don't get me wrong he's had games where he hasn't played great but like he's come under a lot of criticism when it's like he's constantly under pressure and yeah and like i i felt bad for jake at times because people are like oh the play calling he's not looking downfield i'm like he doesn't have time to look downfield like yeah, there's a there's a lot of nuances to that, and just you know, I have the inside information because yeah. I was there, right? So, um, Jake is one of those quarterbacks where um, because he's not as tall, he needs a little more space to be able to kind of see, especially when you got Zach Williams who's six foot seven. You got you know you got big guys in front of him that it's kind of hard for him to kind of see over the trees, right? And especially now, like you look at these D lines across the league, man, you got some really big D lines in the CFL this year that are really good um, at, you know, pushing the pocket and kind of, you know, kind of condensing the pocket a little quicker than normal, right? So I think it's just a lot of combination of just, you know, those little nuances, right? Um, Jake is a guy who's really comfortable throwing off his back foot. So if he can't really get that back foot planted to kind of go into his throws, right? His throws become a little erratic. They become rushed, right? So you got to be able to give with any quarterback. We used to always say the same thing when we had Bo, right? We understood that we kept Bo comfortable in the pocket. He was going to be able to make throws that he needed to make. And when we didn't keep him comfortable, sometimes he did bail us out a lot. You know, Bo did bail us out a lot in the signs with him, you know, being able to use his feet and run and kind of make things happen, right? A lot of his best plays were kind of on the scramble drill, right? Where he would just tell a guy go deep and just throw it up there and let him go get it. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just when, when you don't have 
you know, experience. Like you look at the good offensive lines throughout the league, they got a lot of experience on their offensive line, right? Everybody's always going to talk about Winnipeg. Winnipeg is always going to be top two, top three O lines because they just they got a lot of experience in, in in three guys like Newfield and Hardrick and Stanley Bryant, right? You look at um, an offensive line like. Uh, uh, um, Toronto. Toronto's got guys who've been in the league for a long time. They're playing around, right? Dejon Allen's been in the league for three years. He's playing really well this year. Um, you look at a guy like uh, uh, who else they have? You know, Isaiah Cage has been on their practice roster for three, four or five years, right? Guys who have been around the league and can play this game, right? So it's not so much being able to have, you know, uh, rookies being able like rookies are not going to be able to come in and just kind of play well off the bat, especially in the CFL. It's a different game that yard off the ball is a different nuance. Like there's a lot of things that play into it. Right. Um, I'll, people always tell me, like, I kind of picked up the game really fast with somebody who never played it before. And that's not common, but I was just a guy who. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was really high on development, developing myself in my free time. So like I didn't, I, I was a gym rat. I stayed in the gym. I stayed working with people. I stayed trying to get tips. I like, I was always trying to make myself better because I really wanted to play and I really wanted my career to go, go well for me. Right. I mean, these these linemen nowadays, man. That's why I, I I'm, I'm coaching high school football now. I see it, man. I'm 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 doing O line development with guys. Like, there's just so many things that, like, when I teach and I tell guys something, and they're like, "Oh man, no one's never told me that before." And I'm like, "What are these offensive line coaches at these schools like? What are they teaching these kids? What are they preparing them for? Like, what are these kids doing on their own time to kind of help develop themselves? Right? Because pro football, pro football, you don't have time to develop. You got to be able to come in and be able to do the job right right off the bat. So. I mean, especially, you know, in the trenches, man, the, the way these offensive schemes are going in college, the way things are going, right? Offensive linemen that, that are going to be able to kind of just, especially in the CFL game, drop back, you know, 70, 75, 80% of the time and really be able to hold up and do a lot of one-on-ones, right? Um, I think I think what prepared me to play in the CFL was I played arena ball before I came up there. And I, I've never seen an offensive lineman who played arena who didn't come up to the CFL and had – a good career like most Why? of the guys that you know because it's just arena is strictly one-on-ones like you're not doing nothing but one-on-one pass pro for 60 minutes so it kind of it kind of forces you to kind of you know develop your your, your pass pro skills because you're literally your game reps are literally you just doing one-on-ones right it's like you know everybody kind of uh, moans about not being able to have wear pads in practice, and that's why offensive lines are getting well and developed because they can't wear pads in practice. But honestly, I don't think the banging is what – it's just guys are not doing what they need to do to develop their skills, and they're not trying to find ways to kind of improve and kind of build on their toolbox. And, and you can't just do it in practice. you got to do it on your own. you got to be able to kind of get the, the right tips and get around people who have done it before and kind of pick their brains, and you got to go from there, man. So – 
Um, I've still got a great relationship with a lot of those guys. I mean, they still call me to this day. Guys still reach out to me. <laughs> They're like, hey, man, what you doing? You want to get on a plane and come back? And I'm like, yeah, it's not my call, bro. But, man, I'm, 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 I got a lot of friends in that locker room, man. I'm always rooting for those boys. I'm always keeping in touch with them. Uh, I know they're having a tough year. I just try to, you know, give them my little encouraging words and say, keep your head up, man, and just, you know, just got to fight through it. So it's, it's an adverse year for them. So a question on that. Like, you, you obviously watched the Labor Day Classic. And, like, for me, I'm not. Like, I, I try to admit what I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. What I saw in the first half was I was, like, constant pressure. Like, I, I didn't think that Jake had any time to operate. I thought that the O-line was, was looked like they were getting beat at times pretty clean. And then I saw them get better. And in the second, I saw something get better in the second half. Yeah. What did you – like, what was the difference? Was it partially that Edmonds started playing, like, a more prevent defense and, and sitting back and not sending as many guys? Like – I mean, it's, it could be a lot of factors played to it. Maybe they got the lead and they just was kind of in prevent and they wanted to protect it and they just kind of just stopped being aggressive and stopped going after Calgary and that gave them a chance to get back into the game. Uh, maybe, um, you know, maybe the offensive play calling changed up a little bit and they started, you know, getting the ball out of Jake's hand a little quicker and not kind of throwing those downfield routes, right? Um, no, maybe they, they – I didn't see a lot of, like, just straight up uh, six man pros and if there was it kind of looked like it turned into like five a lot of five man pros where they was just kind of releasing the back and just kind of kept giving them a quick outlet where like okay your first option's not there take the check down type of thing um so uh it could be a lot of things they were running the ball a little better um you know they had some success running the ball we've always had success in labor day classics when we ran the ball well and i think in the beginning they, they ran the ball well just they just couldn't connect on those uh whenever penalties would come up or you know, I think that's a lot of it will hurt them is they were taking dumb penalties at the wrong time and doing stuff like that. So yeah, my like just... one of my stories of the game is Diedrich taking that penalty and then later in the game coming back and scoring the game winning touchdown. Like and and Matt Rose actually tweeted out. He was like, this is what happens when you have both those guys, because Kadeem can do the heavy lifting for the first three quarters. And then Diedrich's got fresh legs. And, the, and I think we saw that a little bit. Um, Kadeem was amazing, too. But like and I don't know, like, like I, I think Diedrich. I don't think anyone on the stamps was thrilled with that penalty call. I think they felt like they were pushing on both from both guys, but he also like he hit, he did hit the mask. So I, that's always going to be a penalty. Yeah. It's always the second guy that gets caught for penalties. It's not the first. So normally if you do any type of reactionary thing to whatever happened to you, you're going to get caught most of the time. So um, I've been in situations where I could have, you know, I was always a little more cerebral in the sense of like, I wasn't just, you know, I talk more of my pads than I do, you know, with the, with the rule rah rah and all that stuff. Like some guys just they need that to play well, right? Some guys like to talk smack, they like to do it right. I was more of a I was more I could show you better than I could tell you, you know, type of type of person. So that's just, you know, what happens. Guys just gotta be smarter and 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 you know that comes with experience. Um, you know, Diedrich is is getting up there in the sense of a veteran. He's played enough games, he's been around long enough. Um that's why he's able to bounce back and do that. And that was big time for him at the end of the game, right? He could have easily just, you know, you know, a lot of the holes collapsed on him. He didn't really have his initial run oh, there. He was able to That was a heads bounce. up play, man. Yeah. That was a heads up play, man. So honestly, that comes from experience and that comes from reps. So, um, you know, hats off to him. That Diedrich is my boy, man. I got a great relationship with him, man. That's that's one of my dudes. I talk to him all the time. So I'm I'm, I'm happy for him that he was able to kind of go make that play. And um, it was a big time. It was a big time play because they needed to to win that game for sure. Yeah, because you were saying last time you were on, like him and Kadeem are both in Arizona, yeah, yeah, at least right. So you guys see a fair bit of each other. Yeah, man, I do. I'm uh, Diedrich's, you know, his his, uh, his girlfriend just came to my kid's birthday party last week. So, like, we, we're, we're pretty tight like that. Right? So, yeah. so I talk to him all the time, man. Honestly, all the things he's doing, I was telling him he was going to do in the offseason, man. Diedrich's a really good football player, man. Everybody's getting a chance to see it. And um, he's going to have a he's going to have a busy offseason, you know, for sure. He's got a lot of good tape. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, I got to say, like, this is something that I don't know, like, I maybe just been making up this but like i feel like people forgot about markin and over the last couple of weeks like when that guy gets like he was almost treated when he got here everyone was like oh he's a deep ball threat and he is like he's got that speed but it's when he gets the ball in his hands that like he just does things that other receivers can't do absolutely he's one of those guys where you just got to put the ball in his hands and let him go do what he does and he can do everything he can do sweeps he can do um he can do short routes and, and turn them into big runs. Like he's a very complete, there's, there's a reason why he spent four years in the NFL, right? He's a very good football player. And a lot of, I think a lot of people forget how good he is because again, like I said, right. In 2018, 
Mark and you know got hurt, and then towards the end of the season, you know, we brought in you know reserves, and he didn't even get to play in the Grey Cup, right? And he still got a chance to go to NFL, even though he didn't even get to finish out the season, right? That's how good of a football player he is, man. So, um, I'm I, I was just on the phone with him a couple of days ago too, just talking to him. He was on the phone for a couple hours. Like those are those are my guys, man. Like like for life, man. I, I have great relationships with a lot of them, so I'm always happy. I know he he when he signed, he called me. He was like, man, I thought I was coming back to play with my dog, and like like what happened type of thing. So, um, yeah, man. Like I said, man, he's he, he's a guy that you always got to keep involved. Um, I think they do need to kind of look for him more. I'm bad. They got Marquise Ambles back. He's a guy who's had great success there. Man, he, he had a catch. He made a big game. catch. He made a big man. catch late in the game, man. That was that was crucial. And that's what happens when you have veteran guys who have played the game and have had success, right? When you have veterans around, they make those plays for you, right? So yeah. it's funny that one like probably won't be like the highlight real one, but just the way like man, like he knew the contact that was, was a coming. Big time, like, big time yeah. catch. Like, you know, you're about to get rocked and you come down with that clean. Like, that's, I don't know, that says something to me. It's also been crazy, like, just on the topic of your teammates from 2018. Like, it's crazy seeing Davaris all of a sudden. Like, we've always, like, Davaris has always just been so good and so consistent. But now in Toronto, he's like, he's finally getting the, like, the ball thrown his way in a way that you're seeing him be one of those top, top, top receivers in the league. Well, that's how he was in Calgary. When you target him, he's going to make plays. And he's going to make big ones, too, for you. So I think now they're starting to, you know, um, get him more involved um, and, and see that w- what he can do for an offense. I think I think him and Chad Kelly probably have a great relationship, and that's probably why he's starting to get targeted a little more, right, because he has, uh, you know, a great relationship with, with the current quarterback, right? You know, a lot of people don't realize the relationship that quarterbacks have with their receivers off the field is a big thing when you get on it. So um, if guys don't feel like you're one of the guys or they don't feel like you, you, you one of the boys or they just feel like you're a little more too worried about other things, right? Sometimes that's going to trickle onto the field, right? So guys just um, – I'm, I'm, I'm happy for D.D., man. It's about time. Man, he's, he's, he's a reason why Toronto kept re-signing him because they know what he can do. They know what type of player he is, right? So he's finally kind of let reminded everybody of, you know, don't forget I was the most outstanding rookie with, with – 10, 11 games under my belt, you know, type of guy. So, yeah. Do you have Toronto as the pretty clear number one right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's clear as day. I mean, yeah, they're, they're the best team in the league, hands down. There's really not too many. I mean, even Winnipeg is, is not, I don't think. Before yesterday, I I was like, they're 1A and 1B. But like, Winnipeg's just lost a couple games this year in Toronto. Winnipeg is beatable, very beatable. I don't understand. I don't. Like it's weird that they like because they on their day they look so good, yeah. But like they're not on their day every game. No, they're not. Not, and I think that just comes from people. Just they they've been around long enough that people have film on them, right? And when you've been winning for so long, eventually people are going to figure out what it is that you're good at, and they're going to try to find ways to take it away. Now, the thing about Winnipeg is that they're a veteran-laden team, so you can't never really count them out because they're gonna they got guys who are going to make plays, man. And honestly. As long as you got number eight at quarterback, you always got a shot. Yeah. You always got a shot, man. That my, my nickname for Zach is Houdini because he he makes the impossible possible all the time. And it's times where you think he's oh, it's a sack, he's no way he's gonna make it happen. And somehow he scrambles out and he finds someone sitting in the end zone for a touchdown. You're like, How did he pull that off? So there were so many games in the last couple of seasons where like I'm not kidding you, like it was stamps Winnipeg, and you guys always played each other tough. Like those games always look like wars in the press box. But where it like came down to one play and I thought you guys had him locked like the D line was collapsing on him like you know and, and good tacklers like this isn't a knock on the yeah. same somebody he's pull him somehow, to the ground he somehow he pulled Patrick Mahomes and somehow the twirls it to the end zone for for a touchdown exactly <laughs> yeah no he's uh he's incredible and I mean and that's the other thing with that team like not to go too hard on them but like I've also no. the number of the respect that people seem to have for Big Hill and for Willie around the league like just talking to players like I, I it just does seem like those two, as far as defensive players, are just like universally admired. Uh, I'm I'm a little different in aspect when it comes to that. Now, don't get me wrong; they are great players. Do I think they're they're as great as some people make their seem make them seem? Probably not. But they are guys who are going to make plays. They're really good. Willie is a playmaker. Big Hill is a guy who's a sure tackler. He's going to be where he needs to be most times. Most of the times, the only time you're going to make him, you got to make him miss. 
you gotta you gotta you gotta really make him miss his tackle in order for you to kind of make a play. Nine, nine times out of ten, he's gonna be where he needs to be, and he's gonna go make the play that he needs to make, right? And he's very good in the sense of he's probably one of the better blitzing linebackers in the league in the sense of rushing the passer or putting him into blitzing situations where he could get to the quarterback. He's always been really good at that. Um, Willie's just a guy who's just he's a playmaker, man. Honestly, I don't really categorize him as a defensive end he's more of an athlete he's just a guy that you just want on the field because you know some way shape or form his length and his athleticism is going to show some way some way shape or form yeah um but in the sense of like you know as a pass rusher um He's yeah, he's good. I mean, they they I think what they do is they do a really good job of putting them in positions to win, and that's why they're successful. And I think that's what makes their coaching staff really good is that they take their playmakers and they don't care where they got to put them. They're gonna put them somewhere where their playmakers can make a play for them, right? And that's the mark of a coach who understands who his roster is, who he has at his disposal, and who's gonna be good for him, right? Instead of saying, "Hey, this is my offense. You need to fit into what I do." You're going to look at your roster and say, okay, who do I have? What can I do with these guys? Okay, how do I put them in the best positions to go make plays for me so that we can go win football games? Speaking of a guy who makes plays, like how happy are you for Lemon right now? That's my dog. <laughs> like that's my that's my brother right there. Like I'm yeah. I'm super excited for him. Me, we talk literally every day. I talk to him every day, before games, after games. We like that's my dog, man. It's crazy too because me and him started out as like straight nemesis. Like he was so he was so bent on proving to everybody that I wasn't as good as everybody thought I was. And then we finally played each other and I earned his respect. And then for me, earning his respect as a player, just kind of blossomed into a really, you know, great friendship, man, to the point where like, that's like, that's my dude, man. I'll, 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 I'll ride out for that guy anyway, shape, but he deserves it, man. He's a great player. I'm happy for him. I can't wait till he breaks a hundred because I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go just as crazy as if I broke the record myself, man. Cause I, that dude's a, he's a surefire CFL hall of famer and he gets a lot of slack from a lot of people and he doesn't get the respect that he absolutely deserves because he is pretty much the premier pass rusher in the league right now. There's nobody in the league. I think the next closest guy is what Willie and Willie's about 30, 40 sacks away from lemon. Right. So yeah. like there's really, when you talk about a premier pass rusher, it doesn't get better than, than my dog Lemon. So, and that's just, that's not me saying that as his friend. Like that's just a guy who's battled against him. Who's played against a lot of defensive ends. I've gone against a lot of all time greats, man. And honestly, Lem is definitely one of them, man. So I'm happy for him. I can't wait till he breaks the record, man. And, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna send him a celebratory shout out when he do it. Yeah. Well, and you said it, there's also no one who like, for some reason there's this reputation about him and like, and, and he said it. He's like, oh, man, people say I leave teams. He's like, or like teams let me go. He's like, but they always bring me back. Like, you know, yeah. like it's clearly not a, like, and I don't know, man, I loved covering no. the guy. He was, like, he's smart. He's so intellectual. Absolutely. See the work he puts in. Like, I, it's just like that, that reputation is just, like, it's just incorrect. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just more just, it's kind of the same thing I got. Like people just look at me, they look at how I carry myself and they just kind of make some preconceived notions about who I am. Or honestly, I, what I always say is if you've ever met someone who could say something bad about me, then they really don't know me. It's just, it's just what it is. If people are going to say something bad about somebody that they really don't know, then that speaks more about their character than that does about that person. So um, Lem is, when you get to know him, he's, he's a A1 person, like just person like he's always willing to help people he's always there for people he's a great guy to talk to very like you said very smart very knowledgeable he knows the game he eat breathe sleep shits football like when you talk about a person who loves the game he loves the game and that's what every coach wants so it's kind of hard for you know see why like you got a guy who literally like his whole being is about being the best football player he could be like that's the guy you want and you see what he did for montreal honestly you see their culture shift with bringing a guy like him into the building, right? And I think that's what we're seeing in Calgary, right? When you lose those guys who are who are culture setters in your team and in your who understand what it is to be a stampeder, who understand what it is to how we carry ourselves, what we do, how we build camaraderie. Like when you lose those guys, it's kind of hard to keep the train rolling, and you you can't just just pop people in that that just kind of you think oh it's, it's chess not checkers right you can't just throw pieces in there and think they're going to do the same thing right you need certain people around that's going to help you know cultivate your culture so um yeah man but again you know that's my dog i'm happy for him i know he's about to break 100 here in the next week or two so um yeah 
All right, I'm gonna ask you one more. We're going. Did you you retired like you made the decision pretty quickly? And I know you're a guy who like you have it like you live and die football, but you have interest outside of football. You got a family, like you're doing all that. Did you like you have or have teams called you just to see? No, nah, I think everybody thinks I'm I'm pretty much done. Um, yeah, they, they understand yeah. that. But I have I have you no know, I have reached out to teams to say hey you know if you really need some help you know if you if you call me I I wouldn't mind you know coming to help out for a little bit so um but honestly like I'm like yeah sometimes I watch and I get the itch and I'm like I still it's still there um honestly I think the time away has kind of you know helped my ankle a little bit like I'm I'm probably I'm in actually great shape right now, like phenomenal shape. I've been losing, you know, weight. I'm still working out. Uh, my ankle's good. Like I could probably go go play a 60 minute football game tomorrow if I had to. But um, yeah, I think I'm just. It's just more like the politics was what really got to me. Like I just got, I just got tired of being treated a certain way. I just thought that you know I demanded a certain amount of respect and I just wasn't getting it. And you know my my name was getting dragged through the mud you know, for, for whatever reason. And it's just, I mean, honestly, I just took it as it is what it is, man. I, I did what I had to do. Um, if you look at, and not too many guys did what I did in a six year window. For itself. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. To, to see what I did in a six year window is just, you don't see that all the time. So I, I feel like I did what I did. You know, I can still play the game. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm very still, I'm very involved in a sense. I'm watching games. I, I'm still in contact with a lot of guys. Um, I know uh, a lot of guys don't like me from last season, from that whole all-star fiasco. I heard a lot of, I heard a lot of guys are mad at me because they feel like I kind of robbed them of an all-star, but I mean, it, it is really? what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. um, I heard a lot of guys were peeved about me when I went on that whole rant about, you know, the all-star voting and how it went and all that stuff. And then things got changed. Like a lot of guys think that it got changed because of me. I don't think, I don't think I have that much juice, but um, yeah, a lot of guys were just mad about the stuff I was tweeting and saying. And it's also, like, I'll say this as a media guy like, like, we shouldn't be voting on offensive line one way or another. But to be honest, like, I don't think enough of us understand it. I don't think, like, when I'm watching Montreal play, like, I'm not really watching their offensive line. Like, I, no. I honestly, no, I, and look, the CFLPA all star stuff, there's always some stuff that I don't agree with in there, too. Like, I'm oh, not saying there's a perfect system. I call that the like, hater, I call that the haters, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, players hate on each other more than anybody. Like it's it's crazy, but a lot of guys just they just you know like me. I've always been a guy to say like if I really felt like somebody was better than me, I have no problem with saying hey that dude is really good. Like he's better than me. Yeah. But I've never come across someone who I thought that like yeah they play well, but I'm not gonna say they're playing better than me. Like honestly, I felt like I probably should have had three MOLs by now. Like I think I should have got it in 2018, and I definitely should have had it last season. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Look at the O line. Like look at the difference. Not not having you there for the stamps this year. I'm, I'm hey. not trying to knock on any of these young guys. They're, they're hey, working hey, hard. Like, hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to me. No. Um, all right, man. Well, we did half an hour here, so I, I'm gonna let you go. Um, yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it, man. Hey, yes. I got I got free time, man. Whenever you need me, Danny, man. Just, just and I'd love up, to do man. this more. Like honestly, um, I always feel like I feel weird asking people to come on. Like that's the thing, right? Why? Like, well, it's your job, man. That's true. Well, I, um, well, I mean, you get it. You get a double bonus with me because I'm a player and I got a I got a journalistic background. So I, this is kind of this is kind of you know double fold for me. I love doing this type of if stuff. TSN ever redoes their panel, get you on, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, buddy. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you, man. You have a, you have a great night, man, and uh, we'll be in touch. Guys, what are you doing tonight? I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're probably looking for something. Guys, you got to go check out Mike's Pub. This is probably my favorite pub in the city, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest, right in the Beltline. Honestly, they do it all. I, for years, played trivia on Wednesday nights at Muggs. It's the best trivia night in the city. Other nights, they got music. They got specials every single night. Some of the best food and drink specials in the entire city are at Muggs Pub. You want wine. You want beer. You want cocktails. They got it all. Big fan of their fish and chips. They got some amazing pizza. You want to watch the game? They got TV screens. You want to just have a drink with friends? Perfect spot to do it. You want to have some food? As I said, it's delicious. Mugs Pub. We love having them as a sponsor. We love having them just down the road from us here at our studios. Check out Mugs Pub. They're the best. All right. Thank you again to Derek. Thank you to Mugs Pub. Thank you to Fraser and Fig. Thank you to you, our listeners. Guys, this has been, this has been a fun weekend. I feel like this game, this weekend really lived up to sort of the Labor Day stuff. Uh, I have been very vocal about not liking the 5 p.m. start for Labor Day here in Alberta. 
you know, I had Jerry Motorjong staying with me at my place uh, this weekend, and you know, I'm, he's now got to drive back. He won't be getting back till midnight. I know a lot of people from Edmonton first day of school tomorrow didn't want to have to make that, but um, ultimately, yeah, disappointing. But didn't take away from from a pretty wild um, game here in Calgary. You could just see, like, I mean, I think anytime you talk to a football coach after after a game they're always pretty exhausted you realize just like the physical and emotional and mental toll that the coaching football takes but man dave dickinson sure seemed exhausted today he seemed relieved the whole team i think that they they needed this one and i have sort of said that i don't you know this season maybe this season because it's been the toughest um the toughest that i've covered for the stampeders you know i i felt less aligned with fans a lot of the time here in Calgary than, than I have in seasons past. We've always sort of agreed on most of the things, but I have, I have sort of felt that the Stampeders team was probably better than their record. No, things don't always come together perfectly for them. You know, there's, there's still some growing pains. Clearly no one's denying that, but uh, even I was sitting there at halftime that game, just kind of not sure. You know, kind of felt like maybe this was, this was the end of it and that there was nothing to salvage this season and that we needed to sort of accept that and, being in, being in sort of more of a growth mode and a development mode, but I don't think we can say that anymore. Man, the way that they played, <laughs> if they can look like that fourth quarter more consistently, I, I do think that they can beat some teams, and they've got they've got work to do. As I said, I I like these riders. Like I'm not supposed to say that as the Calgary reporter, but I like the way that they fight. And uh, you know, the Bombers, you don't want to, you know, you're never going to want to see the Bombers in the playoffs. The Lions, you know, have been stop and start, but they're right there. And I, I do think that the Elks are getting better. I they're not great yet. I don't even know that they're necessarily good, but they're not a they're not a horrible football team, whatever people think. Um, they're learning how to win, and, and Stamps learned to win tonight. They got the win. They needed that win, and you know I can't I can't sit here and pretend that I'm not a little bit you know happy for him because I have seen the work that they put in. I think that's the thing being a football reporter is every day you're there, you see how hard these guys are working, and uh, you know you want everyone to be rewarded for their hard work in this job in this world so guys i need to get to bed i gotta chug about four liters of water should probably eat a salad or something i don't know it's 10 p.m on a monday i hope you guys had a great i hope you guys enjoyed this weekend of football as much as i did and uh, i'm looking forward i i have to in two days we'll be recording again so i have to figure that out but thank you so much for listening guys please like and subscribe spotify apple wherever you get your podcast youtube um yeah pass it on if you enjoyed it thanks so much cheers hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.